Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, just a few segments left here on Inside Sources. I'm Ethan Miller filling in for Boyd and just having a great time. Thanks so much for tuning in. I want to thank all those who've been on the show today appeared been a part of this and um and uh because i i think we've really kind of shed some light on some important things i'll i'll really be watching robert spenlow's bill up at the legislature though uh i think that's cool and to watch and 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 i and i really hope that we're able to find a way and and you know what maybe he will maybe the legislature will will take this opportunity to to kind of find a way to to tone it down a little bit because we're starting to see um political violence. And um, we're seeing it, you know, not just in, in, uh, you know, the siege of the, uh, uh, of the Capitol, the, in the attempted uh, overthrow, the attempted coup, but also um, people, people punching out nurses and flight attendants and doctors for political, because their politics are out of control. And uh, hopefully they can, I don't know, brainstorm. I don't know what the solution is. Well, I suspect I know. It's just the passage of time. Uh, I think the passage of time really helps with a lot of this stuff. You know, you get out a couple of years, you realize that we didn't descend into a race war or communism. And then you chill out. You know, you're embarrassed for a little bit. Uh, but hopefully you've stopped... Uh, you stopped uh, trying to meet violence out on your political opponents. Anyway, uh, one of the one element of major hand wringing that we see, and we see this here in the in in the state of Utah as well, because we're seeing it kind of everywhere. There are real conservative populations. Is the hand wringing over the number of young people that are said to identify as socialists? Are you familiar with this? Oh my gosh, this percent, that percent, so many, so many of this generation, so many of that generation say that their socialists were doomed. But let's scratch the surface for a minute, because I don't think that we're reading this right. There was a really interesting uh, piece that was published at the American Institute for Economic Research that kind of outlines this, and I, I really, really agree with them. I think that young people so many young people are self-identifying as socialists as a reaction to um, their politics being mocked. 
And so they're saying, well, okay, if you're going to call me socialist, fine, I guess I'm a socialist. But let's stop and let's kind of examine that, okay? Because that's what this article does. It looks at, it looks at what these young people actually believe. And guess what? It's, it's not socialism. It's not. So they've got the three signs that you're not actually a socialist. The first one is you have the newest iPhone or phone from the last three years. If you do, that means you're not a socialist because socialists don't rely on innovation from the private sector in that same way to improve lives. Socialism is designed for other things entirely. And they use centralized government planning, right? Do you remember the old Soviet five-year plans? That's how they do it. We have a much more organic process that kind of flows out. Sometimes it frustrates you to no end, but sometimes it delivers amazing steps forward like the iPhone. The iPhone, I, I don't think that anyone could, could really counter this. The iPhone could have never, uh, could have never been developed in a country that practices uh, command economics. It couldn't have. It never would have been enough of a priority. It never, ever would have done it. Uh, you're not a socialist when you uh, check Uber against Lyft to get the best prices on your, uh, on your rides. I mean, these are young people that believe in competition. The young people know how to compare the price of similar services, weigh the options, and choose the best fit. I mean, this is, this is market economics, right? I mean, this, this is the organic element of capitalism that makes it so successful. And number three, and this is the big one, though, young people who think that a forest fire a forest firefighter or an ER nurse or a garbage collector should be paid more than someone with a cushier, easier, safer job. Now, it's points of view like this where sometimes they'll get attacked. Oh, well, you're socialist. But really, what they're, I think what they're pointing out is something that even conservatives are, in the end are forced to admit, and that is that sometimes capitalism doesn't do a very good job of rewarding people for taking essential positions in our economy. That's one of, that's the great debate over the minimum wage, right? Someone needs to do that work, but we have a very hard time making that a part of, of our economy in the sense of making it a job that will actually pay the bills for someone. We have a really hard time doing that. And so when you point that out, it doesn't make you a socialist. It just makes you someone who can see an obvious problem with capitalism. But I think our politics right now are just so weird that if you've got any criticism of capitalism or the market at all, you're labeled as a socialist. And so I think what we saw is as young people started kind of stepping up and rallying together and learning online and collaborating online and pointing out some real obvious problems, then they get labeled as socialist, socialism, socialism, socialism. You guys are socialists. And I think they say, okay, fine, I guess I'm a socialist. I mean, why would they want to identify with you? If, if you point out how poorly teachers are paid, or if, if someone points out how poorly teachers are paid and then you call them a socialist, well, you, they understand they're not on your team, so they must be on the other team.
if you're the one who represents capitalism. So we'll see, you know, we'll see ultimately what these young people really, uh, uh, really embrace. But it's not going to be socialism. It's not. These kids aren't socialists. I think they're just trolling their older conservative parents. I, I honestly think that's what it is. They're not socialists. They're going to advocate for higher minimum wage, but that's not socialism. They're going to advocate for welfare, but that's not socialism. That's just welfare. I remember the last time I was on this program, we talked about this a little bit, that um, socialism is an economic structure in which workers control the means of production. That's what socialism is. Welfare is not socialism. And I think that for as much as Republicans want younger voters, they're going to be keeping them at arm's length, though, if they keep using words like socialism to describe things that aren't socialism. Because on its face, it, it's silly. And I, and I think that we, we end up losing credibility when we use words that aren't true, that don't apply. I think that'll, be, I think that'll continue to be a problem with... Um, uh, with conservatives and trying to recruit younger voters. Someone texted in, they said, why can't capitalism change and morph? Isn't that what it should do? And yes, that's what it should do. That's what it does do. But I think, though, that there's a difference between knowing that there need to be changes and being emotionally prepared to make those changes. But I think that at least by eliminating the word socialism in any context except for describing an economic system in which the workers control the means of production. I think then conservatives can go a long way towards, I don't know, just improving their image a little bit, I think, especially with young people. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.